0: To KG Mueke-Tzi on SFM.
1: So, welcome to the second hour of the talking point here on SFM 104 2107 nationwide. Join the conversation whenever you want to on our studio line 086-000-2032, the SMS line 41391, that SMS coming to you at a RAND 50, the WhatsApp line 0614104107, 0614104107. You can tweet us at SFM Radio and hashtag SFM Talking Points. So our next guest grew up in a small town called Gamos. I'd never even heard of that town. Gamos on the the banks of the Orange River, about 40 kilometers from Uppington and has written a storybook on his journey as an entrepreneur. In the book, he shares valuable information on how to build sustainable business systems through his outlook. His outlook is about concept and method and mindset. And he also shares insights on wealth generation mentorship. In fact, he was trying to talk to me about mentorship off-air and I said, don't tell me, don't tell me. I want to hear it as the listeners hear it as well. And he also, for me, what I found most poignant was the fact that he's willing to also talk about the failures that he's had along the way because we make an assumption that successful business people only ever have experienced success in the journey uh, of their business. And he also is a firm believer in supporting local industries and the importance of giving back his name is daniel strauss he's an entrepreneur he's a venture capitalist and an author of a billionaire career But guess what? He also happens to be married to Rolene Strauss. And Rolene Strauss is our former Miss World and uh, former Miss South Africa for the year 2014. But put some respect in her name because she is a doctor by profession MBCHB. One of the hardest ones to get through. Good morning, guys.
2: Good morning. Thank you for having us.
1: It's nice to have you here, and I've got the billionaire uh, career in front of me. So, I mean, <laughs> billionaire, you went there. You didn't say a millionaire career. You didn't say hundreds of thousands uh, career. You said the billionaire career. You grew up in the Northern Cape, right? And you started out as a a newspaper boy. You sold newspapers during the school holidays. Where did the journey of you as an entrepreneur begin, Daniel?
0: Thank you so much for the opportunity. So, when I was younger, I had a little vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. I had my onions and I had my um, carrots and I had my beetroot, mm-hmm. and I had to do all the work myself. That was a rule from my dad. And then I used to sell that to the greengrocer in town whenever. Um, I harvested
1: Mm -hmm. So that's where How old were you?
0: I was about nineteen years old.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I was saying to you off-air that there's almost a, a perception that exists that uh, people who end up successful in our country uh, come from the big cities, and it's just really a perception. Uh, they come from Cape Town, probably, or they come from Johannesburg, and they have proximity uh, to resources. Therefore, it's a lot easier for them to get successful, and you hardly ever hear stories of people who come from the smallest of towns reaching the highest highest levels of success. What do you attribute, when you look back in hindsight, what do you attribute your degree of success to?
0: So growing up in a small town taught me a few things. And the one was I always yearned for opportunities. Mm-hmm. A lot of the the other children had the opportunity to go to big schools in, in bigger cities. And I stayed in k Matric, mm-hmm. And I always yearned for opportunities. And now that I have them, I have to make absolutely the most of them mm. because I'm so grateful because I know what it feels like to be in that small time, town yearning for it. And another thing is, if you grow up in a small town, you learn to treat others in such a way that you can always look them in the eye the next day. Honor. Yes.
1: Honor.
0: And in the end, business is about people. Yeah. And if we can respect other people and we can honor them and treat them in such a way that we can always look them in the eye the next day that is very conducive to, to a good business environment.
1: I'm also going to talk to your wife, uh, but right now I just want to stay on this uh, for a moment, The Billionaire Career, uh, because in the, this is not your first book, right? Uh, anybody who knows you or has followed you knows that this is not uh, your first book. Uh, but in this uh, book, it's a storybook, really. Uh, you, you chose a storybook format to share your insights on wealth generation. Tell me why.
0: So my idea was to make the methods, concepts, and mindsets that are conducive to to wealth generation as accessible to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. So in my first book, I got great feedback, but most of the feedback related to the way in which I used stories, little stories, almost like parables. To explain very small town boy in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To explain very difficult business and investment concepts. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, let me take it to the next level. How can I write a story book where people can really relate to this main character? Going through the bad times. Shame I felt so bad for the main character sometimes mm. for everything I made him go through. He'll probably strangle me if he finds me <laughs> <laughs> So um then people can really live themselves into this story and they can they can understand all of these concepts better.
1: But we can never underestimate the fact that there's people who loved that book also the mm. billionaire mindset. So I mean what is uh, according to you uh the biggest difference between uh the billionaire mindset and the billionaire career?
0: So the billionaire mindset is more written like a self-help book. Yeah. It's literally this is how you grow a business, this is how you change your mindset, Um, little stories, facts, whereas um, the billionaire career is literally a storybook where the main character goes through the country and learns from mentors, all these great things. a lot of the things that i was privileged to learn from my mentors over time
1: yeah uh, you know and i think at the heart of any business book is business advice uh, people are constantly looking for how to get better at their business cuz i'm I, I, you know i'm not a business person but i'm going to assume nobody starts a business to have it fail right so w- when encountering these types uh, of books uh, you know they often target people who have not started uh, a business yet these books they thinking, okay, you've never done it before. Who are you targeting?
0: So because this main character goes through a journey, he actually starts out as an employee who really wants to start his own business. But he wants to start it with little or no money.
1: Yeah. But don't they always say start with what you have, where you are? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So um, it's really for people who are currently employed, considering entrepreneurship, And some people might actually, by reading the book, just realize that they don't want to be entrepreneurs, and that is okay as well. Mm. Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And then really people who already have businesses, but they're struggling to scale them. Mm -hmm. And that is really a, a core message of the book as well, is how do you really scale a business.
1: Uh, that's interesting to me because I've always asked myself are entrepreneurs born or are they made? It's something that always uh, sort of loops in my head because there's people you meet they're almost like born salespeople. they walk into, yesterday somebody made me buy um, what was it a, 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 a hot sauce and I wasn't in the market for a hot sauce but they found a way to and I'm not even a person who likes hot sauce I was so stunned but they found found a way uh, to to make me, I, I, you know, I was thinking as I'm driving home, yeah, I have hot sauce. <laughs> on, on <laughs> I have hot sauce in my car. I've never bought hot sauce. I'm not even a person who likes hot food. Uh, but I thought she, and it was a she, she was amazing because she really didn't even give me an option. Uh, she didn't even care that I, I don't eat hot sauce. But there I was. I bought the hot sauce and I was driving home with the hot sauce. And I thought about the interview I was going to do today that I want to ask Daniel, are you born an entrepreneur? Can anyone be an entrepreneur? Can somebody who's in a job and has been in a job for a long time think, I could do this. I can do this.
0: So my view is that anybody can be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. if they're willing to learn certain methods, mindsets and concepts. But it obviously comes more natural to some people, mm. and for that reason, um, just understanding that that different people are different, but um, sales is just one part of entrepreneurship. Yeah, there are various other parts that you can also do to add a lot of value to a business.
1: Uh-huh. So let's talk about uh, the challenges or of, of SMMEs, uh, you know, and, and uh, the challenge of raising funds, because a lot of people earlier on, we spoke about, you know, starting with what you have where you are. Uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, do you uh, advise people to raise funds through an investor? Or do you advise people, uh, you know, if Rolene were to come to you and you're not married to her, for example, and she says, I want to start a business, would you say go and raise funds? I can can connect you with so-and-so, or do you say, uh, wh- wh- what are you selling?
0: May I start by asking you a little question before I answer it?
1: Don't, don't sell me hot sauce.
0: <laughs> so what do you choose a beautiful red brand new sports car or a beautiful white brand new 4x4?
1: I would choose the beautiful brand new white 4x4.
0: See, that's great. So some people value sophistication and some people value practicality or Mm. robustness. Mm -hmm. So if you ask um, someone in the middle of the Kalahari where I grew up whether Mm -hmm. they want a brand new sports car, they would say, I won't be able to use it. The roads are too bad. Mm -hmm. I need the 4x4. So Mm. in that sense we must understand that our definition of a good business is also different. So some people define a good business as a business that creates a lot of shareholder value. Some people define a good business as one that creates a lot of cash flow. Mm. But some people define a good business as a business that provides them with some free time or provides them with the opportunity to work from home. And... You have to be very clear on what you want to achieve with your business first. Intention. Yes. And why you have started this business. And that would actually influence the type of funding that you would also then go So the
1: answer, I want to make money, is not a good enough answer on its own. When you ask, why do you want to start a business?
0: Sometimes that could be the worst answer. Really? The, the right answer in my view, and this is just an opinion, is I want to solve a real problem for a real person in the real world, and they're willing to pay me for that.
1: Drops, Mike. I'm going to go to a quick commercial break, but I think that is uh, uh, poignant, uh, the importance of solving a problem uh, around the start of your business. So we're talking to author, uh, best-selling author, might I add, of The Billionaire Mindset. He's got a new book out. It's called The Billionaire Career. I'll ask him later where you can get the book. But ultimately, we're talking to you if you are in business, have started business or are growing in business to get to that B part that Billionaire part. We are with Daniel Strauss and Rolene Strauss in the studio. It's 20 past
0: 10. you listening to KG Muikeetze on SFM.
1: Welcome back. We are in conversation with author Daniel Strauss. Uh, he's written a new book that follows his best-selling book, The Billionaire Mindset. Most of you have probably read The Billionaire Mindset. We're now in the billionaire career, and The Billionaire Career is really a storybook. And, uh, you know, he says... The first book was written almost as uh, what did what's the word that you use Daniel
0: uh, almost as a parable
1: as a parable yeah. yes and this one is is is, is a storybook and uh, we are tracking how to be even even become a billionaire. So I mean you know uh, I want to talk about risks. Because I don't think you can do business with no risks. In fact, you can't do life with no risks. Uh, You know, why is it important for a person to take operational and ethical risks into consideration when it comes to seeking funding? Because some people do go the funding route and sometimes it works for them, right? But there's seemingly considerations to the funding route.
0: Yes, so... I think first we have to understand our own definition of risk. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if everybody really thinks, what is risk for mm-hmm. me? Yeah. And, and to me, risk is the influence of uncertainty on an objective. So Say that again. The influence of uncertainty on an objective. The
1: influence of an uncertainty over an o- objective, okay?
0: So the biggest risk that you can take is not to have a clear objective or a clear goal. So once you're very clear about your goal and how you want to reach that, you want to reduce the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? There's a structured approach that you can take where you make sure that you do the highest influence or the highest impact, lowest cost, lowest effort things first. So essentially you're picking the lowest hanging fruit first. And these are the things that have the biggest impact on your business with the lowest cost, lowest effort. And through that, you're increasing the value while decreasing the risk. Mm -hmm. And if you can prove that to an investor, the first step is done.
1: So what advice do you give to the business or the person who's listening who owns a business that is looking for funds, looking for funding?
0: So, if we think of funding, funding is essentially based on trust. Yes. People won't give you money if they don't trust you.
1: The bank won't loan you money if they don't trust you. Uh,
0: no, okay. That is almost, but I'll, I'll, let me go into Not that a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, if you go to the bank, it's a different type of trust than a private investor will have in you. Mm-hmm. So, what does the bank trust in? They trust that the asset that you put, the fixed asset, the house or the um, flat that you put up as security mm-hmm. is worth more than the money that they're lending to you. Okay. So that if you can't repay them, then they can sell it and get their money back. Sure. So they trust is in the value of the asset. Sure. Whereas an investor has to trust in your ability to create shareholder value in the future so that the value of these shares that they're buying today is worth more in the future than it is today. So it's two very different types of trust. And for that reason, you have to understand who you're pitching. You cannot get the bank to trust in you as an individual because they don't really care. They just care about the asset. Yeah. And then the other way around as well. And then another thing that I see with a lot of entrepreneurs when they pitch investors, what do you have to pitch to an investor what are they buying they're buying a share in your company yes now that share is a piece of paper that's just a representation of everything that your company represents okay so you have to pitch to an investor why this piece of paper will be worth more in the future than it is today but what entrepreneurs tend to do is they're normally great salespeople, so they pitch you the product then the investor might tell you great, I want to buy 10 of your products, please. Then, yeah. then the entrepreneur is, no, no, no. I, I want you
1: to invest.
0: And you're like, but you pitched me your product. You didn't pitch me your shares.
1: That is very fundamental.
3: Mm.
0: Uh,
1: because in my mind, before you said it, I thought, oh, okay, you're going to pitch an idea. But ultimately, uh, that, that really is not it. You're, you're, you're pitching your worth, your value.
0: The valuation of the shareholding in your company.
1: So you, you are also a a venture capitalist, right, outside of being an author and all of these many things that you are, even though there's 24 hours in a day. What do you look for in a business that you ultimately assist?
0: So in most cases, the small and medium companies, the entrepreneur is the business and Mm -hmm. the business is the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So the person the person's willingness to learn and to grow together with the business because we always say that a person must grow faster than the business mm-hmm. otherwise the business will fail so sorry
1: sorry uh, the person must grow faster than the business yes yes Elaborate in, ter- in
0: terms of personal growth okay so you must understand let's say in at school you Get an A for maths and an A for accounting, yeah. but a C for biology. What, yeah. what will they tell you?
1: Uh, I, have no, I, am, I have an interest in numbers, but I don't have an interest in any scientific anything.
0: You had a much greater teacher than mine. My, te- <laughs> my teacher would have just told me, go and study more biology.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, to get, uh, get your, your, ma-
1: your grades <laughs> higher. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But in terms of entrepreneurship, you have to focus on your strengths and you must try to get to a point where you can outsource your weaknesses.
1: Do you have to get into business, you know, um In life, uh, there's the adage, uh, do a job you love. You'll never have to work a single day in your life, right? Uh, But this is a job. Uh, This is work that you do most of the time for somebody else, as in follow your passion. Does the same adage apply in business? Do you have to get into business um, on things you are passionate about? Or is the mindset of the business bigger than whether or not you're passionate? Let's say you sell machew. Do you have to like the makhehu that you sell or not?
0: You at least have to believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then the aspect of the business that you are involved in must give you energy and it mustn't drain your energy. Mm. Think about you. You are an amazing presenter. You can just <laughs> see you you shine while you're presenting. <laughs> but imagine you now have to go down and go do the books no. of the radio station. It will drain your energy.
1: No, and I for... will not be shining.
0: Exactly. So let's take a Can we play a little game, please?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope I win.
0: You, you'll you win.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like to win.
0: We're going to run downstairs now and we're going to catch butterflies with our bare hands. Okay. How many will you be able to catch?
1: Quite a bit because I'll use every part of my body. <laughs> I won't just use my hands. I'll
0: just, you know. Okay. But then I give you one of these big nets. Yeah. Um very big net, you know, that they the use to catch the butterflies, and you yeah. run and you catch a. But will you be able to catch more then?
1: Uh, I'll find a way to get trained on the use of the net first before we go, and uh, uh, because I, I don't want to miss, so I need to know what I'm doing when I use the net.
0: That's a great answer, but I mean, you'll be able to probably catch more, right? Yeah,
1: the intention.
0: But what if you had some time, and you could build the most beautiful garden? That you've ever seen. And butterflies love to be at this garden. You never have to run after one butterfly ever again. They come to your garden.
1: That's an easy answer. I'm a gardener. (laughs) So I will make sure I have the garden. And it's time for the news headlines. This is a fascinating conversation. We are talking to Daniel Strauss. We're going to talk to Rolien when we come back from commercial break. It's 10.30 Kamogelo Teledi is standing by with the news headlines.
0: You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM.
1: I have been catching butterflies or at least attempting to catch butterflies with uh, uh, best-selling author Daniel Strauss. Best-selling author and uh, dynamic business person Daniel Strauss. His first book is called The, Biz- the Billionaire Mindset. And the second book that we are talking about, which is uh, slightly different to the first book, is called The Billionaire Career. So, my butterflies. Yes. The ones I've built a garden for.
0: I'm so glad you're a great gardener.
1: Okay. Because
0: that is fundamental to being a great entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. In this sense that they say that success is not to be pursued. It is to be attracted by the person you become. Mm. So now I want to ask all entrepreneurs, what does your garden look like? Or what does a garden look like in your industry? Mm. And I want to be practical for a moment. I'm sure you've heard of NASCAR before. It is these cars that drive Mm -hmm. around the track in in the Mm -hmm. U.S. Mm -hmm. And obviously the people who, who organize the event have to get sponsorships all the time. Yes. And they were running around with their bare hands catching butterflies, getting sponsorships. And then they thought, how can I build a garden so that the sponsorships come to me? And what happened then is they started an event where master business facilitators would come to the event. Mm. And if you sponsor NASCAR, it is like a ticket to the event. Wow. Where all the CEOs of the big companies come, and these master business facilitators will facilitate transactions between these CEOs. So it ended up not being a marketing expense, but access two amazing transactions so if you were a CEO you would do anything just to get your ticket to the game by sponsoring NASCAR's and that became their garden and they never had to run around trying to get sponsorships again.
1: Somebody established a need Like you said at the beginning, we have questions. Uh, There's people who want to ask you a lot of questions. Rolene, I'm so sorry. Your husband has fascinated me with his bill. Maybe it's the billionaire.
2: by him every single day. Right? I just love listening to him and learning from him and I'm so grateful to be his wife.
1: Wow. So, you know, uh, uh, I, I also love that in the book you explore the seven wonders that every South African needs uh, to uh, put on their bucket list. I'm not co- quite sure why. Uh, why do you even explore the seven wonders that every South African needs to
0: explore? So, Rolene and I, I think like all South Africans come to a point where we ask ourselves, are we staying in South Africa or are we going abroad? Mm. And we sat and we spoke about everything and we came to the conclusion that we are staying in South Africa. Mm -hmm. But then we made a pact to say, if we choose to stay, we are never allowed to be negative again and we must be part of the solution. Mm. We can never be part of... Of any negativity again mm. and that's why we're trying to really um, build the country because if you look at South Africa 60% of all jobs that are that exist are provided by small and medium companies
3: yeah
0: in the US 66% of all new jobs that are created are created by small and medium companies yeah in the EU 85% of all new jobs are created by small and medium companies. So if we want to improve South Africa, grow the economy and reduce unemployment, we have to support and help entrepreneurs to build businesses. And that is the only or the best way that I can think of to reduce unemployment.
1: What's the role that you played in the culmination of this book, this billionaire career that we're talking about? KG,
2: what very few people know is that Daniil and I met about three years before I entered and won Miss South Africa and Miss World. And I still remember the conversation we had around the table just before I entered and Daniil telling me, okay, if we're going to enter, we're going to enter.
1: I like the wee part. And we're going <laughs> to
2: see it as a business. Yeah. Who is your target market? Mm-hmm. It's the judges. What do you need to do to increase the probability of success? Uh How are we going to work towards that? Uh So I've been a a guinea pig in Daniel's way and methods of growing a business, increasing the probability of success. So for me, it's been an absolute honor to see him write a book that enables other entrepreneurs to experience the wisdom firsthand that I've experienced yeah. from him. The, the wisdom the that has
1: given you success also as an individual.
2: It has. Yeah. And, and I think that's why the book is so incredible, is you can actually apply it to your own life as well
1: yeah so I mean uh, what I liked right when the producers were pitching me the idea of uh, the the interview today was the giving back part um, and the giving back part seemingly applies to the both of you uh, because it's all nice right to make a hell of a lot of money we all would give anything to make a, a hell of a, a lot of money but I think that there's a cycle to how the universe works a- and I may not be an expert in the field, but uh, the cycle as I've learned to understand it in the evolution of my own life is as you give, so you shall receive. Why do you guys believe in the concept of giving back? Daniel and I
2: know that, well, one of the, the things that we've learned from various mentors of ours is a concept called first fruits. And it's almost like a law, exactly like what you've said, KG, that when you give, you receive, but you don't give to receive. You give as a way of showing your absolute gratitude and trust mm. in, for us, God's um, provision for you. Mm. And just like building a business or entering Miss South Africa has a process and a system in place, mm. Daniil and I believe that when it comes to giving back, you have to do it in a structured intentional way yeah very few people know how to give back very few people tell you or well there's a way to give it how to give back and what we do is we take the 17 um, sustainable development goals for instance what speaks to me what am I passionate about and choose one or two of those to focus on and when you think of giving back you always think about money mm. you know I don't have to give but there are so many ways of giving back. You can give back your knowledge, you can give back your time, you can share your networks, your resources, and you can give back your money. Yeah. So we,
1: we give back in a structured and intentional way. I want to talk about government subsidies uh, before we we go to break. And you you can tell me if the answer will be long and then we pause when we go to uh, break. But I wanted uh, uh, Daniel's uh, thoughts on government subsidies and funding for small to medium enterprises because I like the analogy that you made about how the most successful countries around the world, the strengths of their economies is really in the hands of uh, SMMEs in, 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 in those countries. Are there institutions in our country that can help small businesses in uh, their sort of growth journey uh, because I suppose we're different as human beings. Uh, so, some people, as much as some people need to be encouraged uh, to reach their highest goals, some people have the resolve within themselves to reach their 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 own highest goals. So I want to go to break, but I want you to apply your mind to the question of uh, government subsidies and SMMEs, and now that we've established that SMMEs are the bedrock for the most successful economies around the world. Daniel and Roland Strauss are my guests in the studio. We'll be back in a short while.
4: You are listening
0: to KG Muegitzi on SFM.
1: So welcome back. Just in case you just landed from Mars, we're having a conversation with uh, Daniel Strauss. Daniel Strauss is a dynamic businessman, but also a best-selling author of uh, the books, The Billionaire Mindset, and he's got a new book out. It's called The Billionaire Career. And uh, Daniel Strauss also happens to be married to Rolene Strauss, who just told us... uh, an amazing story around how Daniel played a role in her actually ending up being Miss World and being Miss South Africa because they looked at that process as a business. Opportunity. So, Daniel, we were talking uh, before I go to a voice note. We were talking about your thoughts on government subsidies and uh, the funding for small and medium enterprises. Are there institutions that you know that can help, and is that sometimes a good thing for some people?
0: Yes, I'm not sure if I can name the institution. Go but, for it. But there's one institution that I've worked for, worked with before. They are some of the smartest, most knowledgeable people that I've ever met in the entrepreneurial space, mm-hmm. and it is a few people from Sifa, mm-hmm. Small Enterprise Funding Agency, um, and they're really doing great work. They provide mostly debt funding to entrepreneurs, um, and yeah, they they post investment monitoring. Uh, is robust Mm -hmm. so they make sure that that the money goes where it needs to go yeah Um, because you know but i can only speak from my own my own experience
1: okay let's hear
5: a voice note kg um can you please ask your, your 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 guest um in terms of funding in south africa where funders do not believe in startups the startups in south africa struggle more than anything else. no matter how big the idea is no matter how much um and how lucrative the business you're getting in versus the 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 the, the, um, the off-take agreements that you might be having with a uh, big 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 companies they don't just they are not interested in doing that despite of the financial muscle and backup that one might have Heaven said that if you go to uh, government um, funding agencies, they are corrupt. They don't even look at that. It takes forever or two years before they get to finalization. Can you please ask him in terms of what is his take in terms of the funding models in South Africa regarding startups?
1: Yeah. Do you want to respond?
0: I can, but as I say, I can only respond from my from experience, own, from my of own course. From experience, yeah. So the one thing that I know is that there are a few people who are doing tremendous work in increasing the amount of venture capital. So there's one institution that launched, I think, at least 15 new venture capital funds in South Africa in the last three years. They are doing great work, and these funds are now starting to really find their feet and and actively invest. But we must understand that... Every fund and investor has a mandate. Mm. A mandate is what you are allowed to invest in or not. So your mandate might be that a business must have at least a certain amount of revenue. Yeah. Or it must be profitable or it must be scalable. In certain terms, or it must be based on a certain type of technology, or yeah. it must be hardware, or it, or it must be software. Yeah. So in that sense, I want to encourage all entrepreneurs to do their research on the investors and specifically their mandates before they pitch them. Otherwise, it might be the best opportunity in the whole wide world, but the investor is not allowed to invest in that Type of company Mm -hmm. or type of industry because their mandate would not allow it.
1: Okay. Uh, You know, (laughs) There's people who pour water on the idea of uh, uh, authors of business books, right? Uh, Because their thinking is, well, uh, why don't you make that money for yourself alone? Why do you want to tell me how to make that money if indeed, uh, you know, what you're suggesting works? Why did you believe it was important to share your journey? Uh, Because you're a highly established person business person, highly, highly established business person, why did you feel it important to share your journey with your readers?
0: So I would not have achieved any level of success, really, I believe it if it wasn't for my mentors.
3: Mm. When
0: I was about 29 years old, I was working at a, um, a firm in Cape Town, and one of my friends uh, was going to pick up A Chinese guy at the airport. Mm -hmm. And he called me and he said, I'm going to pick up this great businessman. Do you want to come with me? I'm like, okay. So I got in the car with him, drove there. Mm. And I just clicked with this guy. He's a Chinese guy from Malaysia. Yeah, Wonderful businessman. Wonderful person. And he took me under his wing for four years. Yeah, Took me around the world, teaching me the methods, mindsets, and concepts to build and grow businesses. He took me into various meetings, took me to businesses. And one day I asked him, Wow, you're literally not holding anything back. You are teaching me everything.
3: Mm.
0: And you're not really getting anything out of this. Why are you doing it? And he said to me, "Daniel, all I want you to do is go and share this with as many other people as possible. And... My sustainable development goal that I chose as my number one is decent work and economic growth.
3: Mm.
1: So this is
0: not my core business. I don't make money from books. Mm.
1: Um, Your passion is the sharing of the information. Exactly. On any platform, really. If
0: anyone else coming from a small town like I did, who didn't have the opportunities, can benefit from these books or anything else we do as much as I benefited from my mentors then we really have more hope for south africa
1: wow so local the supporting local part, and, and I ask the supporting local part because we live in a time where people think uh, your measure of success is if you wear, for example, an international brand, right? Uh, you know, are you wearing, uh, I won't name them because I'm not giving them uh, that leverage when there's people who pay for advertising. Uh, why do we have to invest on local companies? Local industries, local companies.
0: I'm going to start with a little story if it's okay. Go for it. There was this uh, business person in the old Chinese culture Hmm. who was walking past uh, a farmer. And this farmer was changing the shoes on a horse. And this farmer was working in the middle of winter and the business person couldn't, couldn't believe it. So he walked to the farmer and he asked the farmer, Wow, how can you work in the middle of winter? No, nobody else can. He said, No, I created this lotion that I put on my hands. Once mm. I put it on my hands, I can work in the winter. Mm. Business person said, I'll give you a gold coin for the formula. Can I buy it? Farmer mm. said, No problem. So this guy went to the emperor. Went to the emperor. He said to the emperor, I have a tool for you. If you have this, you will never, ever lose any war ever again. The only thing is you must fight in winter. And the emperor said, I'll give you a wagon load of gold. Gave him the gold. Everybody's happy. So that's when we talk about the creation of meaning. Mm. What was the meaning of that lotion to the emperor? And what was the meaning of the lotion to the farmer?
1: You're a fantastic storyteller, by the way, uh, on the side. Uh, I think you're an amazing storyteller, but that's a brilliant uh, analogy. When I come back from break again, uh, I have to go to break. I want to talk about your outlook, the outlook of the concept, the method, and the mindset and have you repeat that again because i think you've 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 told me in in story uh but i want you to follow it in that order uh why the concept is important and the method and and the mindset when we come back from this commercial break so if you want to ask daniel a question i will ask him where the book is available i've seen all your uh questions on um whatsapp around where's the book available I'll ask him when we come back but the book is called The Billionaire Career from Daniel Strauss it's
6: 1051 Hey this is KG I'm Gwena here in, in Limpopo driving through the cabs of Mahovas Bluff listening to this conversation man <clears throat> wow I'm an entrepreneur and I'm working for a private company as well and trust me i can listen to these guys forever like i love them um i just fall in love with them currently these are great guys um these are great people you know when a couple move like this and motivating like this and i love what the lady said there are many ways of giving uh, people don't understand the giving and like the details, man, like you can literally see that if I sit with these people for a day or a week or a month, literally my life will completely change. I love you guys.
7: Morning, KG. This is Magdalene from Bloom. What a fascinating interview. Ha, ah, your visitors. What a couple. Couple of intellectuals. You know what I realized in life is that intellectuals don't worry about tomorrow. They worry about growing together. They are highly selfless people because of the intellect. They don't suffer to identify the need and to bring the solution. Never, because they are talented people and are always threats to the selfish people. But they don't even worry about that because they see it as normal function for success and abundant love for everyone. Magdalene Bloom, thank you.
1: So let me read this one, if I can get to it. It's from uh, Dr. Filma Mahuma. He's a family f- uh, physician in uh, the midstream. I don't know where that is. But he's saying, good morning, KG. Your interview with Rolene and Daniel is refreshingly inspiring. The commitment uh, or pact that they have made to South Africa is so beautiful. Regards, Dr. Phil Mahuma. Concept, method, Mindset.
0: I just want to start by thanking everyone for those beautiful messages. It really makes my heart heart happy. Thank you. So, um, firstly, the concepts. It is things like the garden, like the story of the creation of meaning. Those are the concepts that we transfer. Then the methods are essentially how do we choose the first best step by taking the highest impact, lowest cost, lowest effort thing first, and then we move on from there on the growth journey. And then the mindset. Is it okay if I tell a little story?
1: Yes. (laughs) You've written a whole book around telling stories,
0: yeah? So there was in World War II, there was this soldier in a concentration camp living in the most difficult, harshest reality that he could and then one day he found a little radio somewhere Mm -hmm. and in the middle of the night he tuned the radio and he could hear softly that it was a news bulletin. Mm -hmm. He couldn't hear everything but he could hear the war is over. (gasps) He quickly turned off the, switched off the radio, put put it away, couldn't get anyone to see it and the next morning he woke up. The other prisoners didn't know it. The gods didn't know it yet. But everybody could see something different in him. He already knew the hope was there. The, the outcome is coming, it is, it's almost there. Now in the same way, if you can change your mindset, if you understand the concepts, you understand the method of how you're gonna reach your goal, you are that soldier. Other people don't realize it yet but you already know you're almost there. And just that mindset shift has a v- massive influence on, on everything you do.
1: On your worldview, what are you working on? What is your next project, Rolene?
2: KG, there are so many things that I'm currently busy with. And one of the things that I realized about myself mm-hmm. was as a result of a system Daniel created, where he tests your business profile. Mm-hmm and essentially there are two different types the dynamics the ones that shine they're in the limelight they have new ideas Mm -hmm. they're very optimistic but they sometimes struggle to follow through Mm. then the foundations the the long distance runners you know they are very um you can trust them with your life they will be there they will do what's needed and they will give the support and the foundation for the dynamics to shine and i always thought that you know i'm in the limelight i'm a dynamic um I should probably think of new ideas, new things to do. And then with a shock, I realized, oh, my goodness, I'm a foundation. Mm. I am the support. I am the one. I I thrive of being behind the scenes,
1: supporting wherever I can. I've seen it actually here in the studio in this last hour.
2: And... I am now a director and shareholder in various companies, some that I have with Daniil, some that I have with my sister-in-law, and I am playing the supporting role behind the scenes. Yes, I have my talks that I do. I create online courses. I also have a book that I've written, but I thrive when I'm in the back supporting in every
1: way I can. Wow. I want to ask you uh, what what I, I... mean. I think I've asked some uh, very pivotal questions, but I want to repeat the question if I didn't ask it. What are the key takeaways from this book that will help entrepreneurs that are ready to upscale uh, and take their next step for their businesses? To get to that B part.
0: So apart from the very, very practical aspects of, you know what, this is the struggle I'm struggling with. How do I fix it? The mentor will tell you how to fix it in the book now he'll tell the main main character how to fix it and then the main character will try to implement it Mm -hmm. and then even have challenges so literally as you're growing a business what are the challenges so that is one of the key takeaways but then another very key takeaway is that each of us has our own definition of success yeah and that money isn't necessarily important for success yeah if you don't measure it in that way. Some people measure their success in a spiritual sense. Some people um, measure it in a relational sense. And for that reason, it is a personal growth book Mm. as much as as it is a business book.
1: Yeah. So where is the book, uh, your book, your books available? Where are the books available? And there's a voice note we'll squeeze in uh, as well before we go, but where are the books available?
0: They're in all good bookstores, also online, take a lot in digital format on Amazon. And please follow me. At official Daniel Strauss on Instagram, where I share things like this.
1: I'm going to follow you, and your book is also available at all the good bookstores. At
2: all the good bookstores, but I really, really, really think that you would gain
1: so much by reading Danielle's book. Wow, it's just insane. Wow, she's a support system, as she said. Here's the voice note from a listener who they, uh, the my producers are telling we must play for you before you go.
4: Morning, 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 guys. Morning, KG. Wow, what a lovely story, what a lovely great stories of being a great businessman and a businesswoman. I like the couples. We are listening me and my wife right now. We are the young, small entrepreneurs that are growing in South Africa. We have a little uh, uh, fish and chips uh, running, a small uh, 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 fish and chips restaurant. We 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 just uh, uh, being wow by those uh, messages, those lovely stories. I like the one, I like the one of the of the coin. I like the one of the golden coin of me the too. farmer. Wow, man! I'm just gonna starting today following you. Try to get everything, every book that you write. I love you guys. We love you, me and my wife want to say the Gandla kind of Entrepreneurs they love you. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks everybody. Aww. Thank oh, you, thank to, you so to, to to Roline. Thank you to Daniel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. The book is called The Billionaire Career from Daniel Strauss and we apologize to the news team. Gamuchele Teledi is standing by with the latest news.